0: Welcome to the Power Prayer Podcast. I am your host, Sherry T., and this is the best day of your life because God is in control. Our affirmation is we are excited, blessed, grateful, and most of all, we are believers for life. We hope these moments of prayer and Bible reading will empower you to have faith in God's Word, believe in John 3, 16, be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and inspire you to pray for your family, friends, and community. Let us pray. I will bless the Lord at all times so praises continually come from my mouth. Father we thank you for this day for this is the day that you have given us. You touched our hearts, you restored our soul, renewed our mind and commanded us to continue in the path of righteousness. Father, we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. As we declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With a grateful heart, we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Keep us in the shadow of your presence as we declare and decree you reign forever. Father, we will bless your name because you sit on the throne and we say, hallelujah. Holy, holy is the Lamb of God who was worthy to be slain. Be blessing, be power and honor to his name. Father, we thank you. We ask that the meditation of our hearts and the words of our mouth be acceptable in your sight as you continue to touch and transform our hearts. As we walk this day out, knowing that all is well within our soul. Teach us your ways as we study your word. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation and counseling might guide us into all truth and show us those things which shall come to pass. Father, we stand before you, fully clothed in your righteousness, standing for truth and walking in peace, sharing our faith and believing in our salvation. Father, we will speak the word of God when you, because it is in us, and we have overcome the evil one by our testimony in the blood of the Lamb. So, Father, we thank you again for today. As we listen to the word, speak to our hearts, transform us in a marvelous way. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading. Is first Kings
1: chapter 5 when Hiram king of Tyre heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father David he sent his envoys to Solomon because he had always been on friendly terms with David Solomon sent back this message to Hiram you know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. So give orders that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours, and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. You know that we have no one so skilled in felling timber as the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased and said, Praise be to
2: the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over this great
1: nation. So Hiram sent word to Solomon,
2: I have received the message you sent me and will do all you want in providing the cedar and juniper logs. My men will haul them down from Lebanon to the Mediterranean Sea and I will float them as rafts by sea to the place you specify. There I will separate them and you can take them away, and you are to grant my wish by providing food for my royal household.
1: In this way, Hiram kept Solomon supplied with all the cedar and juniper logs he wanted, and Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household, in addition to 20,000 baths of pressed olive oil. Solomon continued to do this for Hiram year after year, the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, just as he had promised him. There were peaceful relations between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon conscripted laborers from all Israel, 30,000 men. He sent them off to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 a month, so that they spent one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 70,000 carriers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hills, as well as 3,300 foremen who supervised the project and directed the workers. At the king's command, they removed from the quarry large blocks of high-grade stone to provide a foundation of dressed stone for the temple. The craftsmen of Solomon and Hiram and workers from Byblos cut and prepared the timber and stone for the building of the temple. Chapter 6 In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of Egypt, In the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 wide and 30 high. The portico at the front of the main hall of the temple extended the width of the temple, that is 20 cubits, and projected 10 cubits from the front of the temple. He made narrow windows high up in the temple walls. Against the walls of the main hall and inner sanctuary, he built a structure around the building in which there were side rooms. The lowest floor was five cubits wide, the middle floor six cubits, and the third floor seven. He made offset ledges around the outside of the temple so that nothing would be inserted into the temple walls. In building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used, and no hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. The entrance to the lowest floor was on the south side of the temple, stairway led up to the middle level and from there to the third so he built the temple and completed it roofing it with beams and cedar planks and he built the side rooms all along the temple the height of each was five cubits and they were attached to the temple by beams of cedar the word of the lord came to solomon as for this temple you are building if you follow my decrees observe my laws and keep all my commands and obey them I will fulfill through you the promise I gave to David your father and I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people Israel. So Solomon built the temple and completed it. He lined its interior walls with cedar boards, paneling them from the floor of the temple to the ceiling and covered the floor of the temple with planks of juniper. He partitioned off 20 cubits at the rear of the temple with cedar boards from floor to ceiling to form within the temple an inner sanctuary, the most holy place. The main hall in front of this room was 40 cubits long. The inside of the temple was cedar, carved with gourds and open flowers. Everything was cedar. No stone was to be seen. He prepared the inner sanctuary within the temple to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long. 20 wide and 20 high. He overlaid the inside with pure gold and he also overlaid the altar of cedar. Solomon covered the inside of the temple with pure gold and he extended gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary which was overlaid with gold. So he overlaid the whole interior with gold. He also overlaid with gold the altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary. For the inner sanctuary he made a pair of cherubim out of olive wood each 10 cubits high. One wing of the first cherub was five cubits long, and the other wing, five cubits, ten cubits from wingtip to wingtip. The second cherub also measured ten cubits, for the two cherubim were identical in size and shape. The height of each cherub was ten cubits. He placed the cherubim inside the innermost room of the temple, with their wings spread out. The wing of one cherub touched one wall, while the wing of the other touched the other wall, and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. He overlaid the cherubim with gold. On the walls all around the temple, in both the inner and outer rooms, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He also covered the floors of both the inner and outer rooms of the temple with gold. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary, he made doors out of olive wood that were one-fifth of the width of the sanctuary. And on the two olive wood doors, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid the cherubim and palm trees with hammered gold. In the same way, for the entrance to the main hall, he made door frames out of olive wood that were one fourth of the width of the hall. He also made two doors out of juniper wood, each having two leaves that turned in sockets. He carved cherubim, palm trees and open flowers on them and overlaid them with gold hammered evenly over the carvings. And he built the inner courtyard of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams. The foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid in the fourth year in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bul, the eighth month, the temple was finished in all its details according to its specifications. He had spent seven years building it. Chapter Seven. It took Solomon 13 years, however, to complete the construction of his palace. He built the palace of the forest of Lebanon a hundred cubits long, 50 wide and 30 high, with four rows of cedar columns supporting trimmed cedar beams. It was roofed with cedar above the beams that rested on the columns. Forty-five beams, fifteen to a row. Its windows were placed high in sets of three facing each other. All the doorways had rectangular frames. They were in the front part in sets of three facing each other. He made a colonnade fifty cubits long and thirty wide. In front of it was a portico and in front of that were pillars and an overhanging roof. He built the throne hall, the hall of justice, where he was to judge and he covered it with cedar from floor to ceiling. And the palace in which he was to live, set farther back, was similar in design. Solomon also made a palace like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. All these structures, from the outside to the great courtyard and from foundation to eaves, were made of blocks of high grade stone cut to size and smoothed on their inner and outer faces. The foundations were laid with large stones of good quality, some measuring 10 cubits and some eight. Above were high-grade stones, cut to size, and cedar beams. The great courtyard was surrounded by a wall of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams, as was the inner courtyard of the temple of the Lord with its portico. King Solomon sent to Tyre and brought Huram, whose mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali, and whose father was from Tyre, and a skilled craftsman in bronze. Huram was filled with wisdom, with understanding, and with knowledge to do all kinds of bronze work. He came to King Solomon and did all the work assigned to him. He cast two bronze pillars, each 18 cubits high and 12 cubits in circumference. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on the tops of the pillars. Each capital was five cubits high. A network of interwoven chains adorned the capitals on top of the pillars, seven for each capital. He made pomegranates in two rows, encircling each network to decorate the capitals on top of the pillars. He did the same for each capital. The capitals on top of the pillars in the portico were in the shape of lilies, four cubits high. On the capitals of both pillars, above the bowl-shaped part next to the network, were the 200 pomegranates in rows all around. He erected the pillars at the portico of the temple. The pillar to the south he named Jachin, and the one to the north, Boaz. The capitals on top were in the shape of lilies, and so the work on the pillars was completed. He made the sea of cast metal, circular in shape, measuring ten cubits from rim to rim, and five cubits high. It took a line of thirty cubits to measure around it. Below the rim, gourds encircled it ten to a cubit. The gourds were cast in two rows in one piece with the sea. The sea stood on twelve bulls, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on top of them, and their hindquarters were toward the center. It was a handbreadth in thickness, and its rim was like the rim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It held two thousand baths. He also made ten movable stands of bronze. Each was four cubits long, four wide, and three high. This is how the stands were made. They had side panels attached to uprights. On the panels between the uprights were lions, bulls, and cherubim, and on the uprights as well. Above and below the lions and bulls were wreaths of hammered work. Each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles and each had a basin resting on four supports cast with wreaths on each side. On the inside of the stand there was an opening that had a circular frame one cubit deep. This opening was round and with its base work it measured a cubit and a half. Around its opening there was engraving. The panels of the stands were square, not round. The four wheels were under the panels and the axles of the wheels were attached to the stand. The diameter of each wheel was a cubit and a half. The wheels were made like chariot wheels. The axles, rims, spokes and hubs were all of cast metal. Each stand had four handles, one on each corner projecting from the stand. At the top of the stand there was a circular band half a cubit deep. The supports and panels were attached to the top of the stand. He engraved cherubim, lions and palm trees on the surfaces of the supports and on the panels in every available space with wreaths all around. This is the way he made the ten stands. They were all cast in the same molds and were identical in size and shape. He then made ten bronze basins, each holding forty baths and measuring four cubits across, one basin to go on each of the ten stands. He placed five of the stands on the south side of the temple and five on the north. He placed the sea on the south side at the southeast corner of the temple. He also made the pots and shovels and sprinkling bowls. So Huram finished all the work he had undertaken for King Solomon in the temple of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two sets of network decorating the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two sets of network, two rows of pomegranates for each network decorating the bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the ten stands with their ten basins, the sea and the twelve bowls under it, the pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls. All these objects that Huram made for King Solomon for the temple of the Lord were of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the plain of the Jordan between Succoth and Zarethan. Solomon left all these things unweighed because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the furnishings that were in the Lord's temple, the golden altar, the golden table on which was the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the right and five on the left in front of the inner sanctuary, the gold floral work and lamps and tongs, the pure gold basins, wick trimmers, sprinkling bowls, dishes and censers, and the gold sockets for the doors of the innermost room, the most holy place, and also for the doors of the main hall of the temple. When all the work King Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things his father David had dedicated, the silver and gold and the furnishings and he placed them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple.
0: This concludes our scripture reading for today. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Father, we thank you, because your word is settled in heaven and in earth. There is none like you. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our healing. We thank you for our protection. We thank you for our provision. We thank you for all that you have done, will do, and will continue to do in our lives. Not only in our lives, but in the lives of our children's children. Those who are yet to be born, but when they're born, they will praise you. Father, I thank you. Because each and every one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, I thank you, I bless your name. How great is your love toward us. We shall give thanks to our King, our Savior, our Ruler, our Father. Your word is a laugh unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you that our steps are ordered to you. Thank you for in you we live and move and have our being. Thank you that you are our refuge and our fortress, our God in whom we shall trust. Thank you that you put our sins as far east and as is west, then we have been forgiven. Continue to create in us a clean heart and let us drink from the living water and eat from the bread of life. Father, as we go through the rest of our day, may your divine presence speak to us as we fellowship with you in the cool of the day. Blessed are you, O Lord, creator of the universe and fruit of the vine, in the most precious and the most powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and risen Savior, amen. Amen. After a word from our sponsor, we will continue with praise and worship. Welcome back to the second segment of our show. I am your host, Sherry T, and you have been listening to the Power of Prayer podcast. This segment is where we enter into his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Before we hear from our first artist, let me give you this disclaimer. I do not have the copyright to the worship music that is being played on this podcast. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use purposes, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, and scholarship research. Therefore, feel free to leave a comment.
2: Welcome in this place, welcome in this place, welcome in this place, welcome in this place, welcome in this place.
3: I need, you gonna get free. Everything I need, oh shut
2: my
3: day. Everything I need, you are everything I need. You are everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green. He
2: restores
3: my he restores my he restores my He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores. My soul. He restores. We trapping this thing I he restores. He restores my soul. Right here. Oh, yeah, you know through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Yeah, you know through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Oh my, said I will fear no evil. Hey, hey. Valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> Said I will fear no evil. You better say it over your own life. I will fear no. Evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey,
0: through the
3: valley of the shadow I of death, will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will fear. Come here, man. I, I will, will fear, fear no evil. Raise it up. Hey, walk, hey, walk, the, valley the, death, the valley of the shadow of death. Valley of the shadow. I
0: God is faithful. The redeeming power of Jesus is working in our favor. Some trust in the created things, but we trust only in our creator. The redeeming power of Jesus still works. We have been forgiven of all our sins, healed of all our diseases, surrounded by grace and mercy. The redeeming power of Jesus still works. If we follow the instructions written in his word, then we will experience real peace because the redeeming power of Jesus still works. Jesus paid our debt in full, completed his work and said, it is finished. He ascended into heaven, then sent the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. Thank God for the redeeming power of Jesus still works. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Power of Prayer podcast. It's been a stone blast. My prayer for you is that you have experienced the transforming power of God's word, peace, love, and his unspeakable joy today. We believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the infallible Word of God, the birth, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as well as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit through the born-again experience. This is what I know for sure. It is our guarantee. We will pray, believe, and love you as we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Secondly, we will love our community as we love ourselves. Remember, visit our website, livingbiblehub.com. We have some great things over there. And be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. Sign up for our monthly newsletter and our weekly prayer call. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, in God, there is no failure. He will do What he said he would do. So if you have never trusted and believed in the son of Jesus, do it today. Eternal life was given for you.